I'm actually I'm already on a podcast this week. So oh. yeah, so I can like kick it. I I'm out. You're out. Yeah, I've, I'm I've I've reached my quota. I think I'm only are you only allowed to have one podcast? Yes. Yeah, I'm that's out. actually federal law, dude. I'm, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting Zuckerberg. I'm getting, Get sucked, bro. Get sucked. <laughs> Kevin's in here getting zucked off right now. Oh, get zucked off. Me? Yeah. Talking to to your co-host. I'm excellent, dude. How are you? Oh, co-host. Uh, should we? Do we still have to say our names? Do people know our voices? I don't well, know. I don't know. Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Thank My you. name is Matt Pfeiffer. My co-host is Kevin Miner. Co-host. And our guest today is Nick Fernia. That's right. Owner, operator, roaster. Yep. Our roaster. Our roaster. Our personal roaster. For not, but yeah, for knockabout roasters. We call him up to come over and just like roast us. Like he'll just like <laughs> tell us like our outfits look bad. We can't do anything with our triceps. Like this. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never. <laughs> we often we often crash his cropster. Oh yeah. Oh that was yeah. That was great. Did that, it? That recover? was a first for me. I'm, I'm just kidding. Was that a, that was really a first? Yeah, and then we ended up roasting blind. So it was just it ended up being just like Matt suggested. Yeah, Lo- Lo- Matthew Loicona would be very proud. Yeah, yeah, we went analog, and it, you know when we cut that batch that did crash, it actually was delicious. That was that delicious. was the uh, Sadama that you guys did. It was mm-hmm. probably the so. first batch. Yeah, that you roasted at, at mm-hmm. my place. It is delicious, and mm-hmm. I don't have as much of it left over as I hoped I would have had. It's yeah. gone. Um, it's gone. Yeah, because I okay. So this is an interesting thing that happened. So yeah. Um, for those of us who don't know, uh, we started roasting Well, we're learning how to roast our own coffee mm-hmm. and this batch of all day ADK has, uh, both a Zambia component and an Ethiopia component mm-hmm. that were both roasted by us technically. Yes. But we, we pay Mr. Fernia here the same rate for the Sadama that we would have. Our goal here is not only to learn how to roast coffee, but also save money by not, you know, uh, procuring his services as often mm-hmm. and also free up his time and free up his time. Right. Yeah. So right. that he doesn't have to worry about our dumb asses. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this wh- is how I started with Steve. You know, oh, really? Well, I didn't buy coffee through him. I was already buying basically my own. I'm supplying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm basically yeah. supplying for, for you guys and then roasting uh, half. You guys bought the Zambia off of me and then I'm roasting the RD component. You mm-hmm. ended up roasting both components this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but when I was roasting with Steve, I had that Beamer that I crashed uh-huh. full once a week. Like I'd be carrying three different Grain Pro bags mm-hmm. to Delmar, which is about an hour away. Damn, and uh, mm. I would just roast at his place. He would toll roast me. This is yeah. Steve from Brutus. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we talked about him last time. Yeah, so. and and what do you have a relationship with him still? I talk to him from time to time. Okay. I still I still ask him questions. Okay. Um he's still a mentor of sorts. Oh yeah, I, I just have to visit him. I really yeah. have no excuse for not getting down there. Um 
yeah he taught me a lot i think if i were to show him some of the techniques that i use just as someone that's trained with real like mm -hmm. i think he would he would cringe <laughs> but, alternative. Uh, are you talking about some of the techniques you were showing us when we right, were roasting yeah, with you? Yeah, 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 I do some weird things that aren't by the books. But can you talk about that for a sec? Is yeah. Well, cool? first, first, let's broach. Let's just talk about the book. Let's okay. Talk yeah, about okay. Coffee yeah, Roasters yeah. Companion. Yeah. You guys bought that mm -hmm. um, recently, and you've been going through it. I was talking to one of you not too long ago. Like, I really do believe that it's important to read coffee roasting literature like that to maybe get the mindset or understand the science of, I guess, thermodynamics, the thermal dynamics that's going into um, developing flavor, I guess. Yeah. And how the coffee is actually absorbing that heat, mm -hmm. what it's doing inside of the drum. So you just sort of have that mental image in your head. Mm -hmm. right? um, and some of the stuff from this book, actually all of it, you want to test before you sort of read it as something that's gospel. You want to test those individual techniques out individually. Yeah. And um, a, a lot of those are just sort of baseline things to keep in mind. But one thing that I did try that really worked for me is the soak. And I okay. soak every single batch. Um, what that means is basically uh, in in this technique that he describes in the book, you charge the drum of your coffee roaster with uh, your dose, your green weight, mm -hmm. and you roast it with little to no heat. So you're not putting, you're not using gas for maybe the first 45 seconds to a minute, maybe a minute and a half. You're just letting the coffee absorb heat and reach equilibrium with the drum temperature. So it doesn't make sense to put a lot of energy, a lot more energy in while the coffee is reaching that equilibrium with a cast iron drum, um, yes. maybe mm. with this drum speed. Um, just knowing the material and knowing the drum, I think is a lot more important than what a book is going to teach you. Um, thankfully, you know, I, I have custom probes installed in this machine so i have all the data from batch to batch and i have over since i moved into this space and got my own thing going um i probably have a, a in the ballpark of like 350 batches of data worth for you yeah, to be on, able to on reference this account compare contrast mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you can make notes for each and every batch mm -hmm. i have a notebook in this case i mm -hmm. still like to do some things on paper so yeah. that when i'm so that when i'm cupping i do i do cup with cropster cup um so all the batches that i do are scored okay um so from batch to batch um now you're you not talking like every single individual batch are you most batches get scored, cupped and scored because I'm at Nomad every day. That's the morning ritual. Yeah. If I'm opening especially, it's just nice to have that some of that early downtime by myself um, to really take time yeah. with the coffee. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah, it's very meditative for me. It, it's become a routine. And uh, I think that's really helped me build a, a more close and personal relationship with where I'm sourcing my stuff from. Mm -hmm. You know, you are talking to... Um, a professional data scientist right now. Yeah. And I got to tell you <laughs> that 
I'm I'm a little I'm a little excited right now. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're liking That's, this. You could. I'm thinking like, you know, at scale, you could do some pretty cool analyses of your. You know, the basically, I don't know you could you could pick a variable in your roast profile yeah. and compare it to how you scored it, mm-hmm. and then you could run. Right. You could you could run an I've analysis. I've been thinking about stuff like that, and I've also been thinking about um, the possibility of even using it to make art. Whoa! Because I've been in the generative, I've been in the generative art thing. Yeah. Um, maybe since January. I started coding when I was maybe 14 and I wanted to make, I, I used it to make games in Java. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, a period after I got medicated for ADHD where I didn't want to play games anymore. I, I'd put like thousands of hours of my life into video games, but I was very interested in the art that goes into making them mm-hmm. and also the, the logic that goes behind that as well. I never took a computer science class in high school mm-hmm. um but i was just i was still fascinated by it and i played around with the idea of developing stuff for a while yeah. but i never really cl- I, I didn't cling to it yeah um and then uh, i came upon generative art in january and i bought a couple books and i participated in this thing called january so every oh. single day you get a prompt. It's a lot like Inktober. Mm-hmm. So you get a prompt. Um, and I did some of them because I was like learning. Um, but for that entire month, that was what I did every single day. Whoa. And I have over, I have in the ballpark of maybe 150 pieces. Yeah. Uh, generative pieces that I deemed good enough to save. And there are some, uh, there are s- probably a good handful of them. I I rendered at really high resolution because I want to print them like really big, about yeah. four by four. I made mock-ups of them recently too. Am, am I right in remembering some of these were like three D? Oh yeah, I did some. Um, so I did some data visualization. Yeah, I saw that. I've been making a, a lot of music with uh, my twin, and we're working on stuff right now. And I was playing with the idea of turning some of the uh, frequency data from these files into just directions and wow. functions for a computer to follow. Mm, that's so like taking a 3D object and then maybe rotating it at this position um, between these frequencies. It's called, um, it's called FFT. So it's, frequ- it's just frequency analysis. Yeah. And all, all of this is mostly being done in processing. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a coding language made for visual art, um, data science, stuff like that. That's and cool. You can actually make some of this for the web, which is also another reason why I got interested in this. I've made stuff for the Knockabout website that I literally can't put online because Squarespace sucks. Oh, because so they bad. won't fit it. Yeah. Oh, damn. Touchy's site looks really good. Doesn't it? it? Does yeah. look really I've been good. doing so much custom code and I can't put it on my website and it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I have that problem too because we we run on Squarespace and when yeah. you try to insert like custom CSS and stuff, it sometimes doesn't take correctly because mm-hmm. you're trying to write code on top of their platform. framework. Yeah, and their their framework. And so I you have to like kind of dig into the you have to um um uh, not analyze what's the word. Like when you when you right click 
on uh, any web page and you go down, you can basically visualize it and see the, the code yeah, running behind. You can in, uh, inspect. inspect yeah. yeah, so you inspect a page and you can see all of the code that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you have to like dig, dig, dig into the HTML to find the, the certain class you want to adjust. And then you, it's it's a pain in the ass to yeah, do. Yeah. It's not straightforward. Their, their site was custom made though. They paid a lot of money for it. He said they it was very expensive, but very worth it. I imagine yeah. it feels a lot like TaylorMade's website. Oh yeah, from Norway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TaylorMade is really. Yeah, nice. that was a big inspiration for like uh, the site that I wanted to build, and I made a lot of interactive JavaScript, uh, little Java JavaScript features. Yeah. I, I, I noticed that you hover over stuff and shit moves and like yeah. yeah did I cool. did I post that? Did um, I post that on my story? I don't know if maybe you posted it. Maybe. I was just, I I've been like, on the site, I've been like right? hanging out on your yeah. site every now and again, just oh, checking cool. shit out. Matt's just yeah. lurking on the knockabout site. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's like, like, one, like, oh, that's cool. There's oh, one element. There's one element. It was just like when I was playing with collisions that I was able to put in, in the website, but it's only, uh, it's not for mobile. It doesn't work on mobile. Oh. It's just like a big jumbly mess. Like you can't even recognize what it's supposed to do. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damn. It's whatever, man. I just, I, that's crazy. I try to do this, something on my own and yeah. it doesn't work out. You know, so you're, you're talking about, you know, how like you want to eventually take these like charts that you, you have, these graphs that you have from roasting and turn them into art and the way that you're like approaching art and how you're, yeah, just you've always been numbers interested that in occur in Dude, you, nature. Do you, you know, Justin Roiland, right? From, um, uh, is that Rick he's and the Morty? creator of Rick and Morty? Yeah. But like he actually he came out a, a few years ago s- is as saying like what I really want to do is make VR games. Like he's like that's he all that, he ended yeah. up doing that. Yeah, and he he made the Rick and Morty VR game. Like mm-hmm. you you're make like you make me think of Justin Roiland. Like when yeah. you're talking about this, you're like the Justin Roiland of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's like um I I try to find things that I'm interested in and I try to involve it in what it is I'm already doing just yeah. so that I um I don't I don't necessarily lose interest because mm-hmm. it's just me mm-hmm. and I'm doing the same work every single day like I'll I'll leave the shop and then I'll go home I'll do batches I'll, I'll process some orders or I'll print and cut labels and that's like my night it's very lonely being the only person yeah so like um i i always had this voice in the back of my head that's telling me i should be doing more mm-hmm. and when i do take time for leisure i feel guilty for it Whoa. so same in, yeah involving the work that i'm already doing into something creative just makes sense for me as a way of dealing with that. Oh, you're like yeah. hacking your psychology a little bit because yeah. you know if you... <clears throat> I'll feel me. like I've done something at the end exactly. of the Exactly. You feel like, oh, I did something productive that I enjoyed, yeah. um, so it's okay. Because mm-hmm. the same thing happens to me Like on uh, on a day like today, um, knowing that you know there's things that I could be doing to further my company to mm-hmm. do, you know, to, to gain, I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever, to, to, to continue to move the ball forward. It, unless I explicitly say I'm taking the day off, mm-hmm. um, I will be walking that line of, of productivity and guilt for my yeah. whole day. It'll be on your mind. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's good though, that mm-hmm. you, <clears throat> you can take something that you love and call it productive and yeah. And it's, it's constantly changing, you know, mm-hmm. um, when there are two different kinds of brands out there. I took a branding course over the summer. Oh, just tight. For specifically for knockabout because I'm I I feel like this is something that will 
constantly be changing as I as I age and as I grow because like I'm in it now, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So there are there are static brands like um, Coca Cola. Their logo is always the same. It's always the same handwritten script. Mm-hmm. And then there are dynamic brands like mm-hmm. if you think about um, maybe Google. Their logo. If you just type in Google. Like sometimes the typography will change and it will become expressive and artistic and it will have a meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I want to do for Knockabout. Um, just because cr- I feel like the creativity is going to be the driving force for the overall interest. Having, um, having a brand as a, as a medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah. We... Um I wanted to I wanted to dig in what you said about, you know, <clears throat> having to kind of do the same thing every day and, you know, how it can be how it can be lonely because you're kind of this like sole proprietor. Um, <clears throat> how are there other ways that you combat like burnout? Because if you I've noticed that a lot, a lot of people, if you don't have a hard um divide between work and not work yeah it ends up bleeding in to your home life would you say you you know you 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 you'll leave the you know you'll leave the the shop and you go and you do batches and then you, yeah. you know you'll be thinking about branding or whatever does it ever do you ever feel burnout like you oh i feel burned out right now right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh you get used to it yeah like, you said that's so calm yeah I, well i mean <laughs> it's true I'm burned I, out right now yeah <laughs> I was talking to Luke about this. I feel like I'm not... Uh, I was at crew the other day, mm-hmm. and I was fortunate enough to talk to Luke for a couple minutes and just sort of uh, pick his brain about some of the coffees he's bringing in. And uh, it's funny, we ended up ordering the same exact selection from Royal. I actually got the last bag of it. So he's waiting on the same Colombia Nariño Blanco lot that I'm getting tomorrow. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So that was just weird. That was a weird coincidence. But yeah. uh, when I was talking to him, I told him like sort of how I was feeling. Like I do feel burnt out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like I'm not bringing it every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and I feel guilty for that. And he he made me feel a lot better. I think I needed to have that conversation. Yeah. Because he's he was in the same exact place. Do you f- do you feel like that's kind of like a roller coaster thing for you? Like like yeah, I think and, it and is. And for a lot of people who end up uh, em- embracing some sort of artisanship, maybe. Yeah, there are peaks and valleys. Yeah, for sure. And the when when the peaks when you are on a peak, like mm. you're really peaking, man. Yeah. But when you're in a valley, it's like when is that shit gonna end? When am I gonna hit that peak again? Yeah. I think when- we can all agree though that. <clears throat> That COVID itself has been a valley for everybody, yeah. and it, but especially in the coffee world, we, yeah. every every shop is hanging by a thread. Every, mm-hmm. you know, every roaster is is trying to. Well, not every shop's hanging by a thread, as you said. That my brain's like, eh, there's like, some well, that are doing pretty well. You think? I mean, I'm not like not mom and pop shops, but you know, there are definitely uh, brands that have grown. Starbucks a lot. is oh, doing yeah. fine. There are a lot of brands <laughs> yeah. that have grown a lot. In yes. the past couple of years. People mm-hmm. had to pivot really Regardless, hard. Yeah. yeah and was, some people have been really lucky to get anyway. Anyway, go go on with your point. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, no, don't apologize. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm just, I just chuckled because I was like, oh yeah, some of them are actually doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think mom yeah. and pops are, are having a hard time. They are, so yeah. I think um, you know, you're 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 definitely not alone. Um how is the shop doing? Good. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's annoying to be in a small space with 50% capacity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What is 50% capacity for like, you? 
dead ass four people. <laughs> right. Like that's it's one table. <laughs> we we have two tables. Yeah. And it's like we could seat two people at each table and then that's it. Everyone's going to get shit to go. Wow. Damn. It's really frustrating. Like um Yeah. Yeah, it's it sucks, but we had a busy day. I mean, that's good. We've had we've had some really busy weekends. Weekdays are picking up. I think things are getting better. Well, Knock on wood. You have good community support. Oh, oh yeah, we God. do. Yeah. 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 I actually have to roast more retail stock tonight. That's pretty tight. Sundays are always like big coffee days, big retail. Everybody's got to stock up for the week, man. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 They left me dry this afternoon. That's so good, though. (laughs) Completely? Like bone dry? Basically. Yeah. I mean, I have to, we're missing some bags. People are liking this Burundi a lot, I guess. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see what the trend is. It, you know, I remember when we did our highlight roast with you that one nothing sold out faster and it was a lot a lot a lot of people from b spa yeah people from it was B-Spa a lot of people were, who could have walked like, down up? and picked oh, the it up Manos de Mujer? yeah 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 that coffee was crazy dude. it that was so good was that was that was good coffee i've never sold sure. a coffee that quickly i don't think i don't even in the shop no no I that's think I've the ever point done. of the highlight we're roasts. gonna bring that comza back Good next, next harvest. I I really want to have that again. Yeah, we should yeah. do it again. Yeah, we're you know we're, oh, yeah. we're trying we're to just, up our game even even more. I don't know if I told you about what we're doing for this first highlight roast or with stacks. Seen it with yeah. stacks? Yeah. No, I I saw a post it's, hyping it up. It's a. Oh, uh, can I say it on yeah, the podcast? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah it's it's a. Uh, Ron it, picked it this past week. Yeah, like, we kind of all agreed. It's a double fermented uh, Colombian guava banana. Guava, it's called guava banana. It's 100% katura. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, aerobic and anaerobic fermented. What the fuck? Dude, yeah. it's nuts. It's fucking nuts. We it's haven't so had it crazy. yet, but he he was like cupping a bunch of, of, of coffees back to mm-hmm. back to back uh, on the same table, including one that we were thinking of doing, which was a geisha. Yeah. And it Double blew, fermented geisha. Right. And it blew all of them out of the water. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How much is that per pound? I want to know. A lot. Yeah, it's probably. It's a dumb lot. I'm not gonna talk. I'd like we're we're gonna include the pricing information yes. on the website, but I want to make sure we have I everything set in stone and like double check before we're quoting prices. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. People yeah. are definitely gonna understand it's something special, though. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we're 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 doing it different this time. Yeah. We're with like a lot of information. Uh, Ron's hooking us up with the producer yep. himself. We're going to wow. actually podcast with the producer. That's so dope. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to obviously have Ron on for the podcast. All well, that shit will be exclusive. Well, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. We'll have exclusive episodes of the podcast this year where we'll, we'll be sitting. That's up. a so deep like, cut. Yeah. yeah. I so like, like it. We'll really just like people when they go on the website, they'll actually feel like there's an experience attached to the coffee that's sitting on there. Yeah, that's yeah. how it should be. It's it's providing a lot of value yeah. to people that do subscribe to stuff like that, you know? Well, and that's what we want. We want, you know, we, we've got the all day 80K. It brings people into specialty coffee like we wanted to. Right. Um, you know, it's a really great entry level. And then we've got the highlight roast. And now we have the room this year to expand that and say, right. all right, cool. Well, you're, you're getting into coffee. You want to go for a ride? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah. interesting to to look at things that way where you're starting sort of with accessible you're starting with an accessible product mm-hmm. and then you look at how tesla sort of built their brand they started with 70 to a hundred thousand dollar cars and now they're getting 
down to 15,000. Yeah. It actually like, was probably a I mean we know it was a phenomenally successful marketing structure yeah. where it was you know exclusive to people who had the money that could afford it. We knew that there was value and there was demand for EV. And status. There's and there's status. a status that you comes with it. You see the T and you're like it's yeah, mm-hmm. but now right now that they're going down in price, and I hear rumors about a test uh, model two that'll be like that's probably going to twenty five k or fifteen yeah, k. Yeah. yeah, I mean, boom, yeah. they're gonna. The I mean, model that's three how you do is it. like thirty or something like yeah. that. I think it's, it's the model three is like f- base thirty, but like after you get stuff you really want, it's like forty. Yeah, like self driving. Oh, yeah. Yo, if the I had a self-driving car, I never would have gotten into an accident on my way here. They would have seen it coming, uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would have seen uh, the truck coming. Yeah. Gosh. Damn. Do we I, talk about that? Uh, no. We've never talked about that. Well, we've, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. That's that was a mean. crazy day. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have I was driving over here with 80K samples. Yeah. It was before the coffee had even launched. We were going to do a cupping. Yeah. And, <laughs> so and there's drama behind behind this the there's already blend. emotion yeah. behind this day right yeah. we're all feeling excited what's this coffee gonna taste mm-hmm. like totally could have died it? i'm so surprised i didn't get hurt you oh guys my God, saw I'm that so car glad you didn't get hurt Dude. yeah your car was a that it was a fire chief too it, it was, was like a, a local chief fire car chief and the chief car had no damage to it yeah, yeah. it was like reinforced steel on his oh car oh my god yeah you know, i think like, i absorbed thing's... all the inertia you got hit by a chief <laughs> tank <laughs> yeah, basically, it, the, my the front of my car was basically exploded. Yeah, <laughs> I I didn't ask you that day, but like, were you like um, when you got home? Were were you like exhausted from that? Were you tired? No, I was angry. Oh, because I know, like, whenever I go through something like really intense, I get real tired. Afterwards. No, I was. Oh. I felt very. Uh, I felt very helpless. Yeah. At that point, because you you don't have a vehicle, yep. You you have to shell out money for a car. Um, that was a business car. Too. That was a nice car. Yeah, BMW 325i was a fast <sighs> little car. <laughs> it kept me safe for oh. that accident. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize. Yeah, how that well German this, engineering. Yeah, yeah really I didn't reali- <laughs> realize how well engineered they were until I got into the fucking accident because like I didn't get hurt. Yeah. The crumple zones were all in the right place, I guess. You were just I we we like I got hit from the side and the front was crumpled in. That makes no fucking sense. It looked like I drove into a wall or something. Whoa. Yeah, I do remember that. That was Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Thank God he hit you on the driver's side too, and not the or I mean the passenger side, not the driver's side. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't driving with anyone in the car. Yeah. Oh yeah. Holy shit. I learned a lot from that accident. Yeah. But yeah, like when I'm in a hurry somewhere, I it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. Yeah. If you're 5, 10, 20 minutes late, who gives a fuck? You know, yeah, the people yeah. can wait. Just say you're sorry and that's it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I was in a hurry that day. <laughs> I was running I was late. I was running late. The coffee could not wait. I was surprised you came from that way. You must have come down. Um, I was coming from Galway. Yeah, like so yeah. through like Greenfield Center and you went like, the, mm-hmm. you know, down that long road. I don't know. I hit the mail. I hit the post office on the way here yeah that's that exactly day. you're talking you're, you're talking yeah, yeah greenfield so center. i planned my trip to so hit the post know. office ship yeah. out i guess maybe i was shipping out coffee somewhere i i Sounds last time right. i did the podcast with you guys i didn't even have the website so nope maybe i had launched it. yeah maybe i had launched it at that point well hey we're glad you're okay uh-huh you've got a new car now yeah I assume. there's definitely a timeline 
in the multiverse somewhere where I did die. You said that that day. <laughs> yeah. We were standing around together and we were just real silent and you're like, there's a universe where I'm dead right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck, you're so right. Yeah. yeah. Um, My whole right side was numb for the if, first couple minutes. If it makes you feel better in that universe, uh, Matt and I, in your honor, have uh, created a very successful coffee business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, you bought the name Knockabout and the domain. Yeah, <laughs> and we started a foundation. Cool. <laughs> that cool, foundation is like doing that. very very great things for our community. Yeah, right now. honestly, if you can keep if you can keep some tangible form of me alive, that would be great. <laughs> just like a like just like a product from, from like Futurama. Yeah. You're like a brain in a little in a little jar. Yeah, you know, or the head. If there were the heads in the jar. Like maybe, Richard Nixon. Yeah, maybe you have like my my brain in a jar in the same room you're roasting coffee. Yeah, and you're like, just coming through. You're coming with, through with, the computer. With the glasses on the jar. <laughs> I wonder what maybe a an hat advertisement from that coffee shop sounds like. Hmm. Do you have Do you have any puns for us? No. Kev? Come on. There's, there's some, we yet. need a dad no. joke for the episode. I'll. We'll get there. All right. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah. I, yeah. It's gonna think on it. Do you want no, mind you know, blowing you, coffee? You know what I'm gonna do. Oh, you know I what like I'm gonna that. do. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to make that ad so that you have to cut this segment out. Oh, yay! And then we'll just run that as ad. We did that last week. We did this. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Knockabout Roasters located in Dimension 133C, where we're keeping Nick Fernia's floating brain and the groove alive by the power of some funky spuds. Stop on down this Simeon Saturday for our brainy Burundi special. Two dollar pour overs and a performance by Potato Brain and the Orangutans. That's right. Knockabout Roasters located in Dimension 33C, where our word is ball that if it's that funky ball, it's that funk you'll get. Play them out, boys. so good <laughs> right so i wanted to all right so i wanted to lean into something um you you've been on the podcast before we did a highlight roast with you you're one of our favorite friends um you a lot has changed for you and knockabout and nomad since we last talked and i wanted to be able to make sure that we covered that mm-hmm. yeah we've covered some of it so far but yes. what would you say are some of the most significant changes for knockabout um before i talk to you before i talk to you guys um I I think I was working on the website at that time. Oh yeah. Um and I ended up launching it. It took me forever. Uh I'm very picky when it comes to design and I didn't want this site to feel like a Squarespace site, but I love the convenience of hosting a mm-hmm. a shop on there. Mm. This isn't a Squarespace ad. I was going to say this episode no, of the, the podcast. Way. I wish. Yeah, that would be dope if yeah. you guys took them as a sponsor. Yeah, that'd be someday. Tight. Someday. Someday soon. If you're listening. Yeah. I mean, this is already <laughs> the space that we're in now is dope. Like this has changed a lot. This whole experience. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We're really excited. I like mean, us. being in Joe Rogan's new studio <laughs> in in the red, the little oh red boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. It's weird. Um, right. we, you know, I, this was more of a pet project. Like for me, this, this was like a hobby for me, even though like the podcast is a legit part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, making this space livable, comfortable, 
and more professional was like a little project for me and I've loved it. I, I yeah. paid for almost all this stuff out of my own pocket. Yeah. yeah. Um, the sign is great. That, it was a, that was Kenzie's uh, Christmas gift yeah. to me. It was... Uh, uns- it was completely a surprise. I had no like. I, I want one really bad. Yo, hit her up. I think she. It's like an Etsy store that did it. You could do one for knockabout. This is is this like neon neon or is it LED? It's LED. LED. So it you can't stays even forever. really tell. No, you can't. It's uh, it was like three or four hundred dollars, which is not cheap, but also I mean totally worth it. Worth totally it. Totally right? worth it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Immortalize whatever you want to in light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Which makes it both a wave and a particle. Oh, man. <laughs> the one I knew you'd like that, right uh, homie, <laughs> homie. Yo, when I was a junior in college and we did the double slit experiment, motherfucker, oh, I was so fucking hyped. Did you love that? Oh, I thought you were yeah. gonna say I was so fucking high. I wish I was high for it. No, yeah, I was stone cold like sober and somehow so kind of, kind of fucked up by it. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm crazy stuff man. i love that stuff man yeah we did this I, thing where we had a we had a bulb that mm-hmm. was it was a special bulb that you could bring down the intensity on it to mm-hmm. so low that you had a little fo- um you had a little photo counter it was a little photon counter it would count individual photons coming off oh so wow you, you can make oh, this light so, so cool. dim that only and you could actually detect individual photons that's hitting so the sensor cool. and then you could do stuff with that i forget exactly what but yeah there was it was all it was um yeah, it was something with the electromagnetic spectrum or wave particle duality. It was super, super tight. I mean, dude, I I never so really cool. used my degree to that yeah, extent, yeah. but holy fuck, if anybody really wants to like like get fucked up on a daily basis by science, yeah, and that's physics. Like, Just do I, I, physics, well, I, man. And mm-hmm. the, that also explains why so many people get so into photography because all you're doing is manipulating those concepts, you know? Yeah, yeah. like the to the best of your ability. Totally. I'm getting back into film photography. You are? Yeah. I really? Mess with it really yeah, I, I, are I are you also it. synergizing this into your work by like filming your beans? No, I'm, I'm using it to actually get out of the house. Oh um, nice. Yeah, and I'm I'm shooting on thirty six millimeter. Whoa. So yeah, that's what I meant by film. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got back into that recently. I I had a regular actually drop off uh an entire <sighs> An entire box full of five Canon lenses, and then four Vivitar lenses, and then a camera body. Wow! He gave me a bunch of shit, and I'm really thankful for it. And I had another customer give me a a Minolta XG1. Uh, we really? were we were talking about photography. I was telling him about my favorite photographers because I'm really just like I'm just an admirer, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for the most part, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in mediums like that. I, yeah. I really miss being in a dark room. Did you do it like in high school? Yeah. Yeah. I did not take photography. I wish I did. There was something really surreal about being in there for long periods of time. And like, I kind of like it. it. Losing track of time? A yeah, it's bit? almost yeah. like a delirium under yeah. that red light. And I miss enlarging prints, you know, yeah. and like fine tuning stuff. Uh, so yeah, I got back into that recently. I don't know how we broached the topic of photography. Oh, oh physics. We're talking about light. Physics. Light. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you did the whole yeah. wave particle yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, bro. Physics <laughs> has given me such a good foundational understanding for the world. Yeah, that's well, that's how that's I feel too. What it is? It's the foundation. Yeah, yeah like I, I just well, wish. Like, I that's need, what I love about it. I have so much more appreciation for life and for nature. Oh yeah, having taken a course. Hundred percent. I sucked at math. 
in school. Yep. Like I like it was just very hard for me to pay attention. Physics loved it. Yeah. yeah. Like the like application all of, a sudden, of math. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, like getting like 98s and stuff mm-hmm. and I was like I don't know where this came from but I felt all right. I felt the same way because yeah. you're given the tools that you need yep. and you just it's really a logical uh, it's logical it's, that's it's, what it is yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. logical well until you get to some of the quantum, quantum physics like then that. it's yeah. the opposite of logical but well, yeah, the, that's what's the, fun about theoretical. it theoretical yeah, yeah. <laughs> it defies logic is what I mean yes yeah, yeah. Um, Nick what are uh, what, what are some of the what are some of the hardest things that you've had to deal with in 2020 leading into 2021? Like what, what were some difficult uh, moments that you had and how did you learn from them? Is there anything that like jumps out of you? Um, other than getting hit by a, by a fire getting, chief. Yeah. And missing us so much when you weren't on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't want to like, I don't want to get too deep on that no you don't have to as deep as you want to or all right yeah i'm just trying to mince my words as i yeah okay or or just sort of parse through yeah just parse through yeah yeah um i don't know i was living on my own for a while and then covid happened and i decided i wanted to save money because you know i didn't know it was going to happen Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm 21, so I, I don't feel ashamed to move back in with my parents. Uh, I had a lot going on on that property. Yeah. Uh, we were still in the process of building uh, a roasting space, and I wanted to put some time into that uh, during COVID. And we made a lot of really good headway from m- March through April. And then I think my dad went on a trip for like, two months he's in the air national guard and he's a pilot Mm -hmm. so uh he he just got back from new zealand and i hadn't seen him in three months so he's just like always gone so we we try to bang out all of this work at once Mm -hmm. and get to a point Uh, where we're uh, at a sustainable point where i can do some things on my own and mm -hmm. yeah so we did a lot of work on knockabout um i've i found I found that suffering was the theme this year. Yes. And I, it, I and dig that. Yeah. And I'll I'll just be as vague as as I can as I can be to sort of just break down like how that sort of changed my f- philosophy just yeah. on living. Um I mean most of the time the productive stuff is the stuff you don't want to do, the stuff that you suffer through, but there are sort of there there's a f- there's a token or a, a, a reward at the end of the at the end of the slog where y- you do feel like you've gotten what you've put in yes and yep. there are also times where you've slogged through a task and you feel as though you haven't gotten what you put in and uh, i i've had a difficult time accepting that especially this year knowing how hard personally i've worked to build up certain businesses, will knock about and nomad, mm-hmm. and um, to see a lot of those goals not happen, mm. I don't feel as though I got what I put in this year. And I know some people that are that were actually ahead of where they were last year. And um, I, I compare myself to people I look up to, especially in this community, mm. a lot. And uh, I also had to come to terms with the fact that I'm one person. Um, it's I'm in a catch-22 situation where I can't hire people to help me with with Knockabout, this brand, until we grow. But in order for us to grow, I have to work more. 
We are mm-hmm. in the same. We're in the exact same catch twenty two. Mm-hmm. I think that this is probably yeah. something that most business owners run into. It's that. It's, it's a that, phase. It's that moment where you are you're like approaching like a you know the top of a peak like of a hump, but you don't have the momentum to get there yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> and so you have to somehow mm-hmm. you have to make the decision: Do I do I find the funding elsewhere? Like, do I invest money that I don't have mm-hmm. in a person that can then make me multiply that money and pay mm-hmm. it back and then some? Or do I? Is it just the sweat equity that's left over? The more more of that that's you know kind of grinding that you don't necessarily think. Um, you want to do or could or would be worth it. You you yeah. have to you have to figure that out. And I think there's an answer to both. I personally am starting to realize that even for what we do, which is like so small, so 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 small, mm-hmm. um, having somebody that we could pay, whose job it is full time to mm-hmm. do what we do mm-hmm. to yep. help us create, to help us engage, to help us grow our brand um, would be, I think it would pay dividends. It would legitimize us in the community more. It would, it would bring in new business. Yep. Yeah. Um, none of us that are working this job are doing it full time. Yeah. We're all, do, we're all, you know, slaving away at our day jobs mm-hmm. and coming home and just giving whatever gas we have left in the tank into this thing and it can it can result in a lot of burnout ourselves that's why it has to feel like an art for me yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and it's it ends up being an art and a science so if you had one if you had to bring somebody on right now to help with knockabout what what is the one thing that you that you wish that you could offload to somebody else in a, in not in like a disrespectful way, like oh, it's just mindless work that I could pay anybody oh, for. No, not at all. You know, some, what what is all. a task that you would want to give somebody responsibility of? Brand development. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I have I have brand assets. You know, Jess, uh, she made some some assets for me uh, not too long ago that I I have put to some use. But yep, sort of just taking the concept that we've built sort of together and mm-hmm. um, sort of spreading that across uh, m- I guess more mediums yeah mm-hmm. that's the yeah. hardest part yeah I feel like we also have some brand assets we have you know we have like uh, leftover photos from photo shoots that Kieran Mangles did for us mm-hmm. shout out to our homie Kieran um, we've got you know little bits in, uh, of you know graphic design work that we right. did or our friends did or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's implementing that because that stuff just lives in a folder. But the implementation of it creatively in the right moment in the right mm-hmm. context so that people mm-hmm. engage correctly with it right. that is super hard and it takes a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to run a cafe mm-hmm. and you know roast coffee and keep up with demand and it, you can't do it all. Yeah. So no. and I'm also like I am trying to have a personal life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's that's the thing for me. Like, um, are you succeeding at having personal life right now? Yeah, I do a pretty good job. Good. Uh, I I just mostly spend my time when I am free, like making things. Same. Yeah, yeah I have to same. be. I have to be making something. A lot of, lot of creative and work. It, and then it's a lot easier for me to sort of just relax, because mm-hmm. like, in a way, it does feel productive. I feel like. Um, Certain artistic mediums bring out different parts of me that yeah, uh, that makes I'd, a lot of sense. Yeah, that I wouldn't normally see or like mm-hmm. uh, consider, uh, especially especially when I'm just painting. 
Like it's yeah. it gets very dark, and I don't know where some of that stuff comes from. Oh. But I find it very in- cool. I find it very interesting. Yeah. Um. The the scenes that um, I paint or draw very frequently are for some reason. If I'm just mindlessly drawing, I'll I'll start with just faces um and forms, but usually the scene always ends up in a bar. I did a VR Whoa. painting recently, and uh, I draw very grotesque, very expressive faces. But uh, I did I did this scene in VR, and I was able to walk around the bar, and it was very very cool. I showed it to my dad when he came home from New Zealand. So, and then you're drawing like these Stedman esque type characters. Yeah, they are yeah. kind of Stedman esque. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get like fear and loathing yeah. vibes from your art. That's a Stedman. Lot. Yeah, that's is it? Stedman. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's the artist that did that. Right. Hey, it's interesting that you say that. that. All right. Yeah. It's really interesting that you guys point that out. I, I Do you think like you were influenced by that style? And I that, like, think I was influenced more by this guy named George Graz. His, um, his last name is spelled G R O S C. Mm-hmm. He was like a post-war german painter and he did very cluttered scenes um of of men mostly and they were painted very grotesquely and um usually angry they had very there's just a very angry energy that comes off of his work yeah um it's post-war germany i guess you know uh i also really like philip gustin which is a hot take Ooh. He just had an, uh, an exhibit canceled that was supposed to be like a collection of his works. Um, Where was that canceled? I don't know. Somewhere it was going to be a touring collection, I oh. think, of Philip Gustin because he he painted for those people that don't know. He painted um, satirical works of Klansmen, uh, okay. and he the intention of the work is to point fun. At the Klansmen. Right. At their ignorance. Um, at their ignorant acts of violence. And the violence is never shown, but they're they're just oblivious to it. They're, you yeah. know, there's a separation there. I like Philip Gustin because of how much he's able to say in such, and, and how much bleakness he's able to convey mm-hmm. in outwardly cartoonish. Mm-hmm. works of art yeah you know yeah you were asking just so you're just so everyone's aware you you were pointing at the computer yeah, it was that yeah, sound it was just ramping up it, it was the the airflow oh uh, yeah it's just cooling the, it, the laptop yeah I, i'm like are you just watching something over there <laughs> were you able to find grass yeah you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah it's weird yeah super dark yeah mm-hmm. um yeah there was there was one of like a um like a nazi soldier um but like and like like very dark lot, lots of reds and blacks yeah, yeah. Um, that's my palette yeah red and black <laughs> like yeah reds and oh. blacks um it's it's a weird thing that pops up and i it wasn't even something that i noticed he did until you just said that either yeah. it's, it's weird i got into graz in high school really yeah oh, I, crazy. I um i came across his name in a in a novel uh Gravity's Rainbow by Thomas Pynchon. Love Gravity's Rainbow. Dude, it's my f- yeah. one of my favorite books. Yeah. And it's hard to pick between that and Ulysses for me. Ooh. Uh, you guys are so um 
artistically literate. I I have no, <laughs> there's, I don't have that part of my brain at all. Yeah, and I wish I did. Like well, you, know, yeah. you know, like I I couldn't tell you what paintings I've seen or or what artists I like or don't like. I other than some you know some some real classics. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, there's like the blessing and the curse of memory and like how your brain chooses to remember things and how you like, I think there there's something to be said about the way that we, cause you're kind of touching on this right now. There's something to be said about the way that we subconsciously condition ourselves mm-hmm. to view, to intake and to store information in the world because that's all we're ever doing. You know, like I'm so rooted in language that a lot of times I'll read something and I can get the visual before I even yeah. see it. Yeah. You know, and then not only that, like perfect example earlier this week you're like oh do you know the Reese's story and immediately I just launch into like I like well I went <laughs> and then I pause and then you're you're telling me about a romantic story between you and Ken's yeah. with the Reese's <laughs> why you always have them in your house and I have one every time I'm here yeah yeah and then you're about you're like do you know the Reese's story and I'm like well, yeah, H.P. Reese was making chocolate in Pennsylvania, and then like, <laughs> and I'd like start Funny. going into the actual stories of yeah. how Reese's came about. But that's like I didn't, I didn't choose to like your brain. It's not like I, I read that. Like I didn't study that somewhere. Like sure, it just sure. my brain was like, like yeah. this is here. You know, and this you now. probably did that with Graz a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like probably in high school, you know, you're in that phase where like you find things and you get really into them, and then you just like. Like you're just yeah. bringing them into you. That's how yeah. I was with books. Yeah. Um, I think also the blessing and the curse of being artistic is that most of the things you create or most of the things that you make that are important to you, you're doing it alone. Yeah. yeah. Right, because it's you know the, <laughs> it's the creative expression of that you know yeah. Of well, that the self. choice that you really end up making is like which side are you going to show people the blessing or the curse, right? I guess whatever feels real, man. Yeah, it does feel real. Whatever feels real. So you, so it sounds like just to kind of summarize. So you know, I think you you've been dealing with a lot of, you know, um, like kind of questioning. Well, yeah, the peaks and valleys thing uh, is Kevin. Kevin's doing the up and the down, the wave with his hand, sine wave. That is a sine wave. I'm trying to like help you out while you're like looking for words. I'm like trying to guess without saying them on the podcast. And then well, you're like, we're playing you describe charades. it for people anyway. I'm like, all right, I'll just lean, I should just lean in the mic and say the things that I'm thinking. You're so, thinking. so uh, one of the things I've been trying to do, I, I do, I have trouble when I speak, I have trouble um, finding my words a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, one thing that happens when you, host a podcast is you listen to yourself think <laughs> yeah. and it drives you crazy mm-hmm. and you also hear some of your like some of your ticks some of the things that you do you don't realize you do yeah um, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't realize I sounded so annoying you don't <laughs> sound annoying oh my you god don't sound I annoying totally do no dude I think I sound annoying too it don't takes time for you to like like your own voice yeah. yeah on a podcast but anyways I I have had to keep myself from stuttering or stopping or umming by I do the Obama thing where I just think I just stop talking Mm -hmm. and I think about what I'm going to say and let it come out and not try to rush it out because that's what I try to do I I get frustrated if I can't think of a word Mm -hmm. I I think for a few seconds about what's that word and if I can't find I'm like you can't find it you stupid son of a bitch you know inadvertently dramatic pause right and it gets people leaning in like what's he going to say yeah Mm -hmm. I lost my train of thought. Is that it's, like Obama or is that like you said walking? you were talking about you were peaks and valleys before? What what we're talking about with Nick? You were summarizing. Yes, yeah, thank saying, you. Yeah. Um, my brain does that, as you know. 
That's what I'm here for. So, right. In summary, though, you have been struggling with, you know, really, it sounds like uh, a little bit of this internal struggle of not feeling like you're achieving enough, uh, comparing yourself to others. And then also, yeah, like just in general, the loneliness and the suffering involved in being an entrepreneur, um, especially during COVID. Your response to that is to identify that you are working too much you know, basically all everything you do is work and creating little pockets of creativity and, and self-expression right. for yourself and getting out of your own way. You got to find new ways to love it. Yeah. Um, uh, so the philosophy, I guess the overarching philosophy, and this is just me, but like in most cases, the, the work is going to be suffering or just we could say this is the case for life. Uh, life is suffering in a Buddhist sense. You know, it's yes. yeah. always there. Mm-hmm. Um, something has to be created for that suffering to be tolerable. Mm-hmm. So in my case, you know, I'm finding new ways to love what it is that I'm doing. And I'm trying to reinvent that mm-hmm. pretty constantly. Yeah, the the themes of, you know, hills and valleys and reinvention and suffering. You, you've got me thinking that you're on this very, like, uh, Herman Hessian type journey. I love yeah, very Siddhartha. Sid, yeah, very Siddhartha. I read that I read that in esque. high school, too. Um, yeah, you know, where, like, his his only, like, he would, he would go through those hills and valleys, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the entire book is, is, like, right. he goes through all of them, and then at the end, he's like, oh, that it's, was the point, yeah. was to go through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, maybe with that knowledge, it's kind of moved you into a realm where you're able to take some of those. But also uh, he was seeking outside. He was seeking for answers outside of himself. Yeah. Is the thing. He, he, he met Siddhartha Gautama mm-hmm. in the book. He meets all of these uh, spiritual leaders. And then at the end, he sits by a river and it just clicks. Yep. And he's by himself. So yeah, uh, <laughs> you just got to be present to listen. I mean, I'm not trying to um, necessarily uh, avoid discomfort. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think comfort is the thing that you should be avoiding. It means that you're you're not doing enough, probably. Mm. But there's time. There's there's a time and place for it. Um, you know, right now I'm just trying to be easier on myself. Mm-hmm. And which is good. It's I good think. Move. Yeah. I think in the in the the spirit of uh, ebbs and flows. I think it's good to push yourself, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Put yourself, yeah. you know, put your put uh, the work before yourself every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But then to bring it back and say, recover. Recovery is important. What do we say all the time? Me, you, Devin, get your meds. Meds. Get your meds. Get your meds, baby. Get your meds Meditation, before you take meds. Exercise, diet, sleep. Mm-hmm. Huge. I I don't know what in this conversation made me think of this. It's been floating around in my head, like orbiting all of my thoughts. Land it. We're talking about all this. Land it. Uh, it's pseudoscience, but uh, the the equation that's come up in my mind from this conversation is self worth is fucks given over time. So if you uh, don't try to don't try to quantize it. <laughs> like I, I'm I was doing the like, cross product <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're trying to worth over time. <laughs> What's up? Self-worth over time? Self-worth is fucks given over time. Mm. Like you actually have to give a fuck about things mm-hmm. in order yeah. to have self-worth. But like also, you know, that there's a ratio implied there. Yeah. You know, and a frequency. Right. You yeah. can't you can't give too many fucks. Nor too little. 
you got to find a nice like, spectrum right. on that bell curve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back around to it. It's like <laughs> a, a double slit experiment. So like fucking cool. Bowls of it's porridge. so fucking cool. Be the wave and particle that you want to see in the world. Be <laughs> the wa- <laughs> uh, what's in our mugs this week? Uh, oh, what was in our mugs this week? Oh, let's, Do you guys remember what was in our mugs this week? Let's talk we about had a mystery it. coffee. We had two right. mystery coffees. Yeah, we had, geisha? we had a test batch of the geisha. And I know it was a test batch because we were giving the tasting notes on it. And he said that they were spot on. And I was trying, we were, you were like PNG. My mind was going to like, my mind was going somewhere in Ethiopia. Um, it didn't but look Ethiopian to me. N- yeah. <laughs> it didn't look Ethiopian <laughs> well, to me. I, it's a Colombian geisha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. But like my mind, I didn't, I actually didn't look at the coffees too much. Mm-hmm. I was, I was so in, engulfed in the preparation thereof and our process of going through them that I, I didn't actually look at the beans. Yeah. But, um, a, a quickly a slight bit of context for people who were listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our friend Matthew Loyacono, who is the roaster of Touchy, Touchy Coffee. Coffee. We mention him every podcast. Every single podcast. <laughs> you actually know him <laughs> as well as we do. He's been on the podcast. <laughs> oh, we've tried. We've tried. It's a running joke. Um, just he, like founders photos. <laughs> right. Founders <laughs> photos will never happen either. Um, Matthew sent us <sighs> two mystery coffees and yep. he asked us to let us know what he thought. And so we did it live on Instagram live. Me, you, Nick here. We yep. we cupped. Well, no, we, we brewed them. We brewed we them, them and we tasted them. Yes. And we talked about them. Yeah. And we were getting a lot of Meyer lemon from that geisha. Yeah. The test batch geisha. A lot of and, it. And the perfected batch, right? maybe not perfected is like the the best word for it, but like the, the batch that he released the roast that we have that you're going to be able to try on your own. Now the bergamot and white peach, it's, it, that's a far cry from what we had today, Okay, mm-hmm. which is cool. It shows you the variability of coffee as roasters are developing it. That's a really cool thing that not a lot of people get a lot of insight into. That's why you because, got a cup every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause you know, a lot of people are just getting what comes off the shelf and they're right. like, well, that's what this is. But like we got to have what didn't hit the shelf. Mm-hmm. And then the second coffee was, you guessed it. A decaf. Yep. It was the same thing, right? It was a sugar cane sugar decaf. Cane processed decaf mm-hmm. from Colombia. Yeah. Was it also, it, they wouldn't do a decaf of a geisha, no. would they? Well, we could I, tell it was from the same place, I think. Right? Yeah. Once again, I, di- I didn't look at the beans as no, much. I I'm, I'm up. N- not, not just visually, but like flavor wise, we, we, we got were the same saying acidity that and the same umami. We actually thought that they were going to have the same, that they were the same type of coffee, just roasted differently at mm-hmm. first. Yeah. It was the, yup, it was the um, Carlos Geisha mm-hmm. and the a test roast Colombian sugarcane EA decaf. What's EA? Uh, oh, I don't know. EA decaf? I don't know. Sugarcane EA decaf. We've been talking about so much stuff that I honestly to get to get me to guess an acronym right now right. is not gonna happen. <laughs> um I could tell it was a decaf though, just based upon the uh the coloration on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, you pointed that out. Yeah. Like right away as a roaster, Coffees you were like have complexions. Yeah, you were like, look at that. That's a decaf. Yeah. Yeah. It's and and Kevin, you it said blew my mind. Yeah, Kevin, you said this is hands down the best decaf I've ever had. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's that's 
I'd probably you agree can with quote you. Me on that. Yeah. that is the best. I agree. I'm literally quoting had. you on it right now in our group chat with. with oh, Matt. great. Well, yeah, because it was, and yeah. I said it on the live, and I'll I'll double down. On I'll that. say I'll it again. Goddamn it! Right now, <laughs> yeah. No, that was the best decaf so I've clean. ever had. It had a lot of flavor to it. It actually got better as it cooled, which is one of like, I know it's not on the actual like rubric for grading coffee, but for me, like my own little personal grading sheet getting better as it cools is its own cat it's its own checkbox right yeah and coffees that get better as they cool get bumped up a grade in my book i usually just like leave the cupping bowls on the counter for an hour and then my final score my final score is mm -hmm. when it's cold yeah uh, by yep. that time you know like i'll try it once after 10 minutes and maybe i'll put some preliminary scores in just to get the lay of the land yeah but what's interesting is to like see how it See how it really is after each stage of yep. cooling. Mm -hmm. I've got an interesting thing just to to mention on this topic yeah. here. Ooh, just smacked my mic. On this topic here of cupping coffees and scoring them and as they cool, it made me really think about our current batch of all day decay. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's really fucking cool that I mean, first of all, we anybody who's ever worked in coffee can agree that blends are a pain in the ass mm -hmm. when it comes to consistency mm -hmm. because coffee is an agricultural product. Things change. There are mm -hmm. so many variables, weather, um, processing, the, the whole thing. It, mm -hmm. it rainfall, it's all, it all has a, a, a role to play. Oh, yeah. So we get the grade one Sadama by accident gets sent to us. We, mm -hmm. we, we purchase a grade three and as you can imagine, grade one is better than grade three. Mm -hmm. Um, we get this grade one. We're really excited. We're just For the price of the grade three. Right. And we throw it into the batch. Mm -hmm. But the Zambia is a completely different lot. It's just a new year. It's, it's a new year. Yeah, the mm -hmm. last time. New um, harvest. Same lot? Or at least same... It's the same place. Yeah, place. same farm. Mm -hmm. Same variety? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's very, very different. It's current year. Very different. The Zambia this year is much more of an intense cocoa note. Um, smokier almost. Mm -hmm. It really leans into cacao territory, mm -hmm. and it really. I think it's bright too. It's like it. It's bright, lemon but and cocoa. but the cacao pierces. It doesn't allow the um the sweetness of the sadama to really pierce through. So I'm mm -hmm. actually messing with ratios, and this batch right now is more of a fifty fifty, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Which was great that we had a little extra sadama, anyways. Right. Well. I gave you the the bag separately last time too mm -hmm. because yep. you were in, you were interested in playing around with that ratio yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I like that. That post rose ratio. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything should really be set in stone, especially when it comes to bag to bag or oh, harvest yeah. to harvest. Yeah, it should year never to be year. set in stone. I totally agree with you. Like, if you feel as though you like that ratio better, we should definitely send it. Especially if you're blending too. Yeah. Like that's a huge thing. Like even when I was working at crew, things would change over time. Mm -hmm. You know, like the doom cup would change over time yeah. so that right. it would reflect the flavor that they were going for more than just the ratio that they had mm -hmm. started out with. Totally. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better then. Yeah. yeah. Um, it happens to everybody who blends. That's a, it, you know, Matt, our, our buddy, Matt Loyacono, who sent us the mystery coffees, you know, here's, here we're having them and he he was talking to us not even what three days ago about how that's why he doesn't want to mess with blends totally. i don't want to mess with blends really right now yeah like for knockabout individually i i my philosophy as a roaster is that you should be tasting the coffee for what it is mm -hmm. you know it's it should speak for its just itself mm -hmm. you know like 
Um, I've been experimenting also with not putting tasting notes on the board at Nomad. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So like, how's that going? Well, our staff has to talk about it. Our staff has uh-huh. to. So the new coffees, I'm kind of uh, on the fence about even doing that. Like, okay. Like I, I enjoy well about writing the tasting. Notes yeah. On the board. I want, I want the staff to like be able to feel confident talking about these coffees on their own and s- mm-hmm. I'm interested to see which ones sell. Not okay. Ba- not based upon but, what's on the board. I I, I feel like it's way more set in stone. Yeah, and it's it's subjective to them and it's subjective to what they taste, you uh-huh. know? It shouldn't be just me. Yeah. You know, I, I That's a good philosophy. Yeah. I well I think it's a, a little bit more of a personal connection too because it's not like someone can just look at a board and say, oh, I want that one. It's like, what can you tell me about either of these? Well, and do you think that also kind of gives you the challenge of creating something that you think your staff will want to sell? Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if they think about it, like no. if you if you if you tell them that they have to drink these coffees and kind of you'll give them direction, but right. let them kind of decide for themselves which they prefer. That will bring out their personalities individually and say like, oh well I prefer like this flavor mm-hmm. profile. So that's why I really like the Burundi. Right. Or, you know, and I think that whenever like when I worked at the tea shop mm-hmm. in Saratoga, um, they kind of did that too. I mean, we had four different kinds of oolongs yeah four different kinds you know four or five different blacks and they mm-hmm. were different for different reasons in the same way coffee's different for different reasons processing altitude soil mm-hmm. content water all that and you just you decided over time which one you preferred i fell in love with ali shan it's a high altitude um oolong from uh holy shit the uh southeast asia Viet- not vietnam um Southeast Asia? Yeah. Not Thailand? Uh, Taiwan. Taiwan. Okay. Taiwanese oolong. Nice. Um, and I fell in love with it. And so I would sell the shit out of it because mm-hmm. people would be like, oh, I'm yeah. down for an oolong. Like, which do you like? And I and you get really hyped on mm-hmm. one that you like and you sell it better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, same oh, yeah. thing. Same thing with this Limu I have right now. Ooh. Limu from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. I don't have tasting notes on the board for that one, but I have to roast more tonight. Like wow. because it's selling well. Because it's selling well. It's tasting yeah, well. I came into the shop this morning and like we had just like maybe twelve ounce, maybe like one twelve ounce bag left. Wow. Like, yeah. yeah. Um and people will try these coffees that we've been talking about and then they'll leave the shop with a full retail bag. That's great. That coffee. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. It feels really good. It feels more authentic probably. Mm-hmm. And when they ask me about what coffees we have on the board and I tell them, oh, this Limu from Ethiopia, in my opinion, you may or may not get it. Like, if you just throw that in there, it's like, oh, it's it's tempting. Like, mm-hmm. You may or may not get this, but I taste <laughs> sparkling lime. It's got a oh, really yeah. juicy finish. It's got some nutty or coconut sort of roundness oh, to dude. it dude yeah that that it's back end body feels very tropical like coconut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i a, love when a coffee has that mm-hmm. there's a guy on instagram uh he is from he's from niagara canada right over the border of niagara falls and uh <clears throat> he's got a, a pretty large following his name is alexander mills mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know alexander mills yeah, yeah. okay yeah so he he's been saying you know for the last year or so 
he's been changing the vocabulary that he likes to use when he talks about coffee. And mm-hmm. so instead of saying like, I taste this, I taste that say like, it reminds me of, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. because what we taste is directly connected to an experience and everyone's experience is subjective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, if, if like, if a coffee or something reminds you of a period of time in your life, or a certain fruit that you that somebody else may or may not have eaten, mm-hmm. um, it, that always changes. So I think, yeah, you could even go that route by saying like, oh, it really reminds me of this or that. It reminds yeah. me of yeah. like lime zest. It reminds mm-hmm. me of you know whatever. But yeah. it could be different from other people. Yeah. Right. That to me takes that one step towards approachability in specialty coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, which I think is mega important. Is it more approachable to take the notes off the board, or is it more approachable to leave them up there? I well, I think that's here's another interest. I think that that's kind of up to your uh, customers, your guests to decide, right? Because if you notice the trend is that they're coming in and they're having a hard time with no notes on the board, then you got to put the notes back up. So that and that might even be different region to region, county to county, you know, shop to shop, even definitely because people come into shops and they feel a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know. And shops can make people feel a certain type of way too. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Making an experience. Yeah. You could lean into like a, you know, you you could go the route of like not just flavor notes or reminds me of or whatever. Yeah. But also the experience. You could say, you know, light body, you know, medium acidity reminds us of this. You know, more of an experiential descriptor than just flavor notes. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite interaction that you've had in your physical space? At at Nomad Coffee and Crepes. Do you have like is like there is there there an interaction that you've had with like somebody uh, surrounding the topic of coffee in general that like just sticks out in your mind as like a you know like a watershed moment for you um well like my original regulars that I had mm-hmm. starting out they're still coming in that's awesome and um, there are some that I really miss because uh, they're they're older and they don't want to like come out of the house or whatever um but every single morning, I used to have coffee with this this one guy and his friends, G Money. Um, G Money is like seventy years old, but you wouldn't even Wait, know it. But his like, name's G Money. Every he asks everyone to call him G Money. Whoa, I love it. That's yeah, awesome. He's one of the most eccentric guys in the village, and uh, he's always bringing me shit. He's the guy that brought me the cameras. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wait, how old is he? He's like in his seventies. Whoa. And he. I wouldn't have known if he didn't say something. He doesn't behave like he's 70. He doesn't look like he's 70s. He lives a very healthy life. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Kevin in here's, 30 Here's the years, plot twist. I mean. It's actually me from another universe. <laughs> Maybe he's a little shorter than you. Oh, um, I'm even shorter in that one. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to pick out one experience in particular that stands out to me, but I, I think about the people yeah. in particular and yeah. like having that sort of ritual. On Wednesdays, uh, when G-Money was like coming out a lot, we would have this thing called Wacky Wednesdays. And I, was, I, was, I, would, be, I would be the opener on, I still am actually. Yeah. And... Uh, Wacky Wednesdays, G Money would bring in like some 
preserves or some wacky food or just a, a <laughs> knickknack or an antique because he's got so much shit. Like, I have no idea where all of his stuff comes from, it but he's always stuff giving in. us stuff. He's a very giving person. Yeah. I love G. So uh, so we would do this every single Wednesday, and whoa. sometimes he'd bring in, like, preserves that were, like, 13 years old, and they were fine, but, like, it was just, like, it was just weird. It was really weird to like eat food that old or like try this, try this crazy thing. Like, yeah, yeah. eat this food that's so, old enough to drive. It's cool because like on, uh, yeah, exactly. On on Wednesdays, like we would, it wouldn't just be me, G Money. It would be G, maybe a friend that he'd bring, a friend of mine from high school that would also show up just for G. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just to hang out. I so, love that. Yeah, um, there's really a. a small community you know yeah around around this space and there, there are still a lot of people that don't know who we are yeah and it's ex- it's there are exciting people have yet to, to learn yeah and it's exciting to meet people that you know could potentially you know change your life or change the way that you experience or or see your work yeah you know or help you write the spiritual successor to Tuesdays with Maury, Wacky Wednesdays yeah. with G Money. Wacky Wednesdays. <laughs> we've, we've got Simeon Saturdays in the kitchen where we where we uh, go ape shit. Wait, Simeon Saturdays. Wait, is that a thing? Yeah, like monkeys. Yeah, yeah. We you just, we got a monkey thing. Wait, you go ape shit in the kitchen. What does this sound like to people in the front? Like howler to- monkeys. You guys howl in the kitchen? Oh yeah, all the time. What? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I was like, <laughs> damn. I have no. never been there at this time. No. What is that? Like ten to two? <laughs> I wish Simeon Saturdays was a thing. Make like everyone thing. brings in a chimp or you heard it here something. first. Wow. Uh, Simeon Saturdays. We thought pups in Java was going to be a good idea. No. He's got Simeon <laughs> I'm Saturdays. You, I'm telling you, this monkey coffee business is going to be a. It's going to take off. It's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Wow. What do you think it is uh, about your shop and about your brand that makes your community like so wicked supportive? Like I said, when we did the highlight roast, like most of the people that bought it were from down the street from you. One person lived literally three down like buildings from over from your shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, probably the Baker Trisha. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I know that she got a bag. She was telling me that she liked it. Um, I think it really comes from having a small space that is fairly intimate. Um, like, if you're sitting in the dining room, I can talk to you pretty easily. From the bar. Just from, from the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so some people really like that, and it makes them feel kind of special. Like the part I, of the fam, yeah. Mm. Like I enjoy, I enjoy talking to a lot of these folks and just sort of figuring out how they found out about us, and then one thing leads to another, and they're telling me about about their lives. And yeah, it's really cool how quickly that connection actually happens in this in this space. Um, yeah, and I get wow. a lot of people, you know, that come back after a while, and I I don't remember their names, but I remember interactions that we had. Right, and that's pretty that's pretty powerful. Like just remembering, remembering a conversation. Maybe it wasn't profound in any way, but you, that stuck with you somehow. You walked away you feeling better, impression. or yeah, yeah. Like, totally. And um, that's something that I care about. I I want to leave a, a a positive impression upon people. 
or at least leave people happier than I found them. You know, I think, um, I think one thing that we're finding in our kind of bubble of time here, the last kind of five or 10 years, give or take, is that we're valuing, um, like we're valuing long form conversations like podcasts. We're mm-hmm. valuing smaller, smaller, closer knit communities of people, you know, and because we, we really crave that like genuine human connection Yeah, that communities used to always have before the internet, before we could hide in our house in our homes and, mm-hmm. and po- mm-hmm. you know, and post fake things on the internet about ourselves, make people think like us. Like when we actually had to go out of our way to say hello to somebody and ask them about their day. Yep. Yeah. And when we got a real response and not just a live in the dream, mm-hmm. shout out Chris Kerr for living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always living the dream. Always. <laughs> Uh, so I think that's I think that's great. It, mm-hmm. to, I'm sure to you it feels like a blessing and a curse to have such a small space because you yeah. wish that you could push more people in there, especially like during COVID when oh, you have yeah. like a capacity cut. Before COVID, our issue was we we didn't have enough space for people. Right. And now we still don't have enough space for people because yeah. we're at half. Now you have less space for people. <laughs> yeah, we have less space. And uh, it's uh, it's just an absurd. Uh, situation to be in you've seen both ends of the spectrum and yeah very uh gross uncomfortable ways yeah yes and uh yeah it's it's something that we're working on i i don't think uh we were in the process of looking at other spaces last time i was on here but it's something that's happening we kind of already settled on something it's really just a matter of like uh putting the work into it time you're talking about Uh, the roastery space no. Oh, something different? Yeah. For knowledge. Yeah. There's an like, expansion of sorts. Yeah, an expansion of sorts. A relocation, perhaps. Yeah, I don't want to get into <sighs> it too much, but the space is way bigger. And um, there, would be a, there would be a separate restaurant, which I most likely will not be attached to, Whoa. functioning in the evening. Whoa. And Nomad will be functioning on another story um, in the same space. We don't have enough it's time four stories. in this podcast for that kind of hype, man. Yeah, that's that's the only bad news there. So even if you wanted to tell us all the details of it's it, it's an existing which structure. Right I'm now. sure you will after we turn these mics off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only have time for one more question, and that's what's your jam? What's what's my what? What's your jam? My and jam. it can't be preserves. It has to be. It has. Well, to be I mean, if it's Wacky Wednesday, it would be preserves. Yeah. but it's Sunday. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. What's your jam? What, what have you been listening to lately? Music. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Brainiac. Oh, all right. I really, I really like. Uh, I really like that sound, and um, Alex kind of got me into them recently. We've been playing a lot of music together, and I think we have like, uh, well, we're in we're in a project. Yeah, it's called Prom Sex. Prom Sex, and it's not my <laughs> name. It's actually it's it's really his project that yeah. I just play on, and I, I write I write with him. Um, Dude, we have uh, like eight songs right now. That's awesome. Yeah, eight songs. The last, the last pro. It's better than the last one for sure. Like the music has just gotten better since we moved back home. Yeah. What uh, was the last one called? Virginity Rocks or just no? Like- <laughs> it was uh, called Straighten, Straighten Smile as You Sleep. Oh wow! All right. Straighten Smile as You Sleep. Yeah, it's from uh, this this old uh, Japanese this Japanese product that was translated into English. Like it was like 
the the tagline that's what was selling the pro- it was like <laughs> i guess it must have been a mouth guard or something <laughs> yeah and straight and smell as you see yeah it tells you what it does on the box and that just i don't know it was a, an attractive name to alex i guess that's funny and um is there a um is there a song by Brainiac you recommend that our listeners listen to? Vincent, come on down. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I just want to go through my Spotify. I don't want to miss anything. All right, cool. I'd be really upset if I did. What you're, are you listening to? You're good. Uh, I am going to double down on uh, the artist I talked about initially last week, which is Tash. She just goes by the name Tash. Yeah. I was jamming her this morning. And there's this uh, song she has called uh, Worried. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really good song. And she's like, she's got really dope guitar, super soulful, definitely like new age R&B. Yeah. But the beat oh, like in the background. kind of? Not neo soul in the same way that like it's kind of it, like, neo, you know how genres kind of curve and find like their way. And then there's like, you know, five or 10 artists that kind of seem to be pioneering that genre stream. Yeah. She's definitely more R&B. Like the mm-hmm. beat to this song, the reason that I'm, I'm citing this song is because the beat came on and I realized like, like at first I was like, wait, like, uh, Brandy put it on this one. This girl I've been seeing, Brandy, uh, put it on this morning, and I was like, I was like, wait, it, it, do you have Aaliyah on your phone? Like, I was like, really pumped because I love Aaliyah. Like, I mm-hmm. I love R and B from the '90s, and then uh, I realized it was that song, Worried. But then it also is like the same R and B style beat that's in the song Footsteps by Kalani. So I was just oh, like, I, I just love that beat, and then yeah. the the music's great. There's even like a nice little like cranberries reference in it. That's cool. Yeah, it's dope. Wow. What do you got, Matt? So um, I got turned on to this literally this morning. I was having um, coffee with Nick Zigich mm-hmm. and our friend Josiah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Nick turned me on to this, this um, kind of punkish rap group called Suicide Boys. Yes. Oh, word. Uh, yeah. All right. Harris by Suicide Boys is yeah. tight. <laughs> I was I was into it. I was jamming on the way home. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm in I'm in a chaotic voice. mind frame right now. Are you? Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah, I've, I've been listening nice. to some fucking weird chaotic music. Damn, we got Sorry. Suicide Boys and Prom Sex over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a are you? Is there another album that you're listening to right now that he put you on to? He seems like he's he's uh, into some like uh, noise. He loves noise like shoegazy, yeah. like oh, noise. Yeah. He he was he was showing me this fucking um, what do they call it? No, this. Uh, so during the eighties, there was like a new wave of um, like rock. It was more like poppy, and, yeah. and then a bunch of bands did what's called no, no wave. wave. And he was listening. I was listening to some absolute <laughs> noise. Yeah, it was just noise. Yeah, it sounds yep. like. See, that sounds like something Nick. Like you know, Nick's got. Dude, great. that's like something that Alex, your brother, would turn me on to. Too. Yeah, for yeah. Real. Every time I come into the shop, if we get to talking about music, he's always got some crazy band. Yeah, he's like, like son. Yeah, they're called like uh, you know uh, JPEG Unicycle. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, all right, sweet man, throw yeah. them on. Like, yeah. let's, let's, that's dope. Um, there's this uh, group of kids um, that just released their debut, uh-huh. um, and they're uh, an associated act with another band um, from the same school. I don't think they went to college. They went to an art high school. Um, oh, wow. So they're associated with Black Midi. They released a debut not too long mm-hmm. ago, and it was like insane. Honestly, probably one of the best albums of the year. 
Whoa. In my opinion, just from the shit that I listen to. Um, their group is called Black Midi? Black or? Midi, yeah, is okay. the name of their band. M-I-D-I? Yeah, they're probably around my age. Whoa. Um, is it more electronic? No, it's more like post-punk and noise. Uh, and then right. an associated act, some friends of theirs, uh, they go by a name called Black Country New Road. Black Country New Road? Yeah. Oh, okay. And they released a debut album called For the First Time, and it's crazy. It's like klezmer, it's jazz, it's post-punk. Oh, it's cool. Really, it's really great songwriting. And then I've been listening to some Tom Waits. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, like that the like 80s. Is like your downtime music? Well, no, that's like my mid It's the mid-80s Tom Waits. It's oh, not okay. like relaxing ballads oh, or anything. Okay. It's like when he went through that like dark industrial... Sort mm-hmm. of like Bone Machine or Rain Dogs, oh, yeah. uh, albums like that. And then um, also shout out to Soul Glow. Uh, they haven't released an album yet, but uh, their EPs are fire. Listen to Songs to Yeet at the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it on Spotify? Yeah. Songs to Yeet at the Sun? Songs to Yeet at the Sun. All right, I'm going to have to check you, that out. when you find it, you'll see two upraised hands as though raised at the sun like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Nice, man. Matt, you want to take us out of here? Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. On the Upstate, Coffee, on the Upstate Coffee Collective. In this universe. Right. Yeah. The In one another where universe. All of us are alive. Yeah. Yeah. In another universe, we are uh, we are toasting to the life of uh, Nicholas Vernia, mm-hmm. the first. Toasting but, right. some geisha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're gonna pour out. Some, we're gonna pour out some milky geisha for nice. you <laughs> for our homeboy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>